Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Yo, what's going on, guys? Welcome back to the Spark Plug Podcast, episode 9. I'm joined by only one amazing co-host today. Um... Um, 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 his name is Andrew, uh, Trey will be with us as soon as possible. He, he had some things he had to take care of, and this is kind of an emergency recording because we need to get something out. We're already a day late. So say what's up, Andrew. What's up? Um, first duo episode for us, um, with us too. Um, very excited to get this episode to you. The draft has happened since our last episode. Um, it's been what, four days? Yeah, I think this is the fourth day, I believe. Chet Holmgren is on our basketball team. How are you feeling, Andrew? Usman Jing. Yes, and J-Dub and Chet. J-Will. J-Dub and J-Will. J-Dub Absolutely. and J-Will. Yes, sir. I am so, 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 so excited for this season, man. I just can't contain it. Summer League's going to be a movie, man. It's going to be awesome. Oh, it better be. I wish Giddy was playing. I, I think that he's playing in one of them, the Utah one, just not Vegas, because I swear that he said he Didn't was. Didn't he get hurt in the last summer league game? He did. He got hurt in his first summer league game. Like he got the crazy dunk, and then a couple plays later, he got hurt. Yeah, that sucked. So I agree. It scared me. Giddy. I literally remember where I was on that day. Like I was coming back from like a, like first day of school was the next day. I was coming back from a, a, a tr- like a trip, a day long trip, and I was in the driveway looking on my phone, checked the updates, and he was injured out for the rest of the game, and I was so sad, so sad. Yeah, it's sucked. It, it sucked so bad, and he didn't play the rest of the summer league. Did not All play right. the rest of the summer league. Chat. Chet to Oklahoma City has been the fever dream for I don't even know how long now. Anytime we lost, it was tanking for Chet. Anytime something bad happened, it was we're going to get Chet. And then it actually happened, and it is insane. And I he, cannot believe he's actually on the team. And he actually wants to be here. I hope so. Hey, he I'm not said taking it. anything for granted. He said it. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna paraphrase the quote, but he basically said, "Now that I'm here, I can finally say this is where I've wanted to be." So happy to hear that, man. The big three: Shea, Chet, and JG. Yes, I call Josh Chitty JG, but you know, JG. Yeah, I don't know about that. I don't know. I don't know about that one. I, I That's just, interesting. I don't know. I have I to just, think on that. Hey. Shay, Chet, and Josh Giddy as the big three with uh, you know, way more than just those three players. Very excited for J Dub and J Will and Usman Jang and Poku's jump. Yeah, I said it, Poku's jump. Excited to see Lou Dort um shoot north of thirty eight and a half percent from three. Wouldn't be surprised if he shot over forty. You heard it here first. 
I'm expecting it. Uh, Lou Dort, I I love seeing the upticks in Lou Dort. I think Lou Dort is going to be. I think once he gets a little bit more under control with the rim, things are going to get a lot easier for him. I'm just saying. But this draft class, I know that Us Us Usman 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 Jang Usman Jang. Usman Usman Jang. I know he was somebody that I did not. I never. <laughs> The the worst part about mocking for the Thunder is that they will absolutely never do what you want or <laughs> expect them to do. AJ Griffin was still on the board. Oche Abaji was still on the board. Board twelve <laughs> that I wanted for them, and it was just no. But I am very excited. Jalen Williams on the ball, kind of guard. He's Trey Mann and Jalen Williams on the same Dude, bench that together is, is going to be yes. crazy. Yes, that is what I'm saying. Dude, the fact that that man has a 7-2 wingspan is mind-blowing. Defense. Mark yes. Bagnell. He's, yeah, he's going to coach can, some defense can, into that man. Can you imagine a defensive lineup of Chet, J-Will, J J-Dub, Lou Dort, and, and either... Uh, maybe after like he gets his reps in, Jang at the one. Oh my gosh! Oh my goodness! Like who is gonna get a jump shot off? Every single person in that start in that lineup has at least a seven foot wingspan besides Lou, and he's a lock. Right? Uh, yeah, because that's 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 literally the four ro- that, so. that's literally the four rookies we drafted, and they all have at least a seven foot wingspan. Chet's seven six. Jalen Williams is seven foot or seven one, I think. Uh, J Dub is either seven two or seven three. I've seen multiple sources say one of the other, and then um, Usman's is seven foot reportedly. So, I think out of France, there's a bad taste with Teo Maladon. There's a bad taste in my mouth with French players, but I think. I think he's got a lot of potential. Listen, Usman's going to be great, man. Oh, goodness. Usman's going to be great. Like, oh, I've watched some highlights. Um, he's got a very nice floater. I, that's one of his go-to shots. Me and me and Trey were talking about that. Um, he said he watched, like, a ton of film, and he said it's either a floater or a dunk when he's going in. He never lays the ball in. Um, obviously, the size is just so great. He can see over guys. I mean, we've seen that with Josh Giddy. Um you know, I, I'm just so excited. Um, there's been plays of him reading blitzes and pick and rolls, um, making the dump down to the big, you know, a lot of shot creation flashes from all three levels, which always is exciting. Um, and what's going to excite me is these rookies are coming in, you know. Zhang got a lot of ball handling reps. Um, J-Dub got a lot of ball handling reps. Um, obviously, Chet, I wouldn't say ball handling reps. Like, he did get some, but, like, you know, not as he didn't get a lot, a lot as the offensive initiator dribbling it down the floor. Obviously, he got to handle the ball and score on his own. But like in terms of those other two guys I mentioned, they're gonna come in and they're gonna learn right off rip how to play off the ball. Coming in to the NBA, they're gonna learn how to play off the ball, and like they're also gonna get to hone their shot creation and ball handling skills because they're gonna come off the bench most likely. Yeah. That's exactly what needs to happen for Multi, all those guys. Yes. They need to be 
on the bench. They need to be able to step in to a place where they have their roles. They have what they need to be good at, what they can not be as good at, what they need to excel in, and they what they need to on work on. Exactly. Exactly. And when you have people like Trey Mann and JRE that are already on the bench, already have defined roles and things that they do for the team, it makes it a lot easier for those rookies to slide in and just be what they are. They're not desperate. We don't desperately need a shot creator off the bench. Exactly. Because we have Trey Mann. We don't desperately need a big that can space the floor. Because we have JRE. And, yeah. Because you have JRE. So you don't need a big that can defend and space the floor as much. You can always use one, but you don't desperately need one off the bench because you have JRE. So you're really just giving these rookies a great opportunity to find themselves, especially in this developmental program and with the minutes that they'll hopefully all get. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to call it multi-dimensional development. They can work on Ooh. every facet of their game, basically, um, with, you know, I mean, obviously there's going to be pressure, especially on the, the lottery guys, especially Chet, um, but we got two guys in yeah. the late lottery as well. I mean, there's obviously going to be pressure and expectation, but they're not on a championship contender. You know, Chet, he's not competing for a national championship, um, you know, and the same goes for J-Dub, and, you know, um, Usman Jang is not competing in the NBL. I don't know the status of his team last year, but I know they had Win Banyama. I'm pretty sure that was his teammate. I don't know if it was last year, but no, I think they played on the national team for France. I, I think that's what it yeah. was. They played on the national team. Like, but anyways, going back to, thank you for clarifying that, but thank, um, going back to what I was saying, um, I don't know the status of his team last year, but the bottom line is, is we are not, we don't have expectations of a championship team. So the expectations for our team is lower. They still have expectations and, you know, they're probably nervous, but it's not as much. And they can develop multiple facets of their game, whether they're good at a skill or not, they can work on it. Um, for me, it's coming to mind for Jay Will. Um, and again, to preface, Jay Will is the one out of Arkansas, the 34th pick, the 6'10 forward. Um, he can work on his weakness, shooting and still hone and sharpen the blade in terms of his defense, um, taking offensive fouls, which I am so excited about. We literally have a 6'10 forward that led the nation in charges drawn. Don't know if you knew that, Andrew. And I he I told you that. Kenny, I did, I did not know that. Yeah, he, I did he, not. he led the nation from a tweet i seen. He led the nation in charges drawn as a 6'10 forward. Um, oh, my goodness. Yes, I've seen this. He can pass the ball. Um, just the one thing is the defense, I mean the shooting, not the defense, my goodness. Um, and I've seen him make shots. Like, it's not like he hasn't made them, and it's not like he doesn't attempt them. He shoots, he just shot below 30%. And he can work on that. That's what I'm saying. He can really work on that. Um, we've seen Lou Dort. He was, like, I mean, at times in the Houston series, in his rookie season, he was literally an offensive liability. He was being left open. But, I mean, in Game 7, he, he cashed out, let's not forget. But, um... <laughs> but I mean, at, but my point is, is he developed into a much better shooter in Oklahoma City, and I'm not just giving all the credit to the shooting staff in Oklahoma City. Obviously, shout out Lou Dort for all the hard work and reps he put in. But you know, I'm you know, I'm sure part of that had to do with um, a shooting coach in Oklahoma City or something to that effect. And he can work on that, and he can still get better at passing, um, at playing defense, all the things that he are that he got drafted for, um, and still work on the things that maybe you know, um, how would I say that? 
plagued him a bit, I guess, in college. You know, the jump shot wasn't yeah. always there. Things, things that he would shy away from in yes. college because yes. they weren't exactly his strong suits. Exactly. In the NBA, exactly. things that aren't your strong suits are exactly what both your teammates and your opponents are going to look to you for. Exactly. If there's a rookie that's drafted and he has an obvious flaw in his game, they're going to go at it's it. Not only, it's not only the team that drafted him is going to be like, okay, this is what we want you to work on. Every team that you play knows everything exactly. about you too. You need in the NBA. You have to cover those weaknesses somehow, it's, some way. Especially when you have played multiple games, because like you know, we see people like um, what's a good example? Like a guy that like uh, Yogi Ferrell. Do you remember that guy? You remember his name? I for I Dallas. Do. I he that. had like a couple weeks where he just lit it up. And he got a contract, and now I don't even know if he's in the league anymore. You know, I don't know. Teams start to adjust once you find your spot in the league. You know, you may have a couple amazing games, and then you, you, you know, teams find where you're getting to. They find your spots, and they and they really hone down on it, and they can shut you down. So, like Andrew said, you know, it's important to hone those weaknesses, sharpen the blade, you know, and and, and get become more well rounded. And, and Jay Will is extremely well-rounded. I'm just using him as an example because that's who I was talking about earlier. Um, I'm just saying, like, it's always great to be able to work on your weaknesses. Yep. Yogi Ferrell is actually in the ABA, okay. the American Basketball Association. <laughs> I just remember him for Dallas, like, a couple years back. Like, he had, like, a couple weeks where he was just he was lighting it up I think it was before Luca came in I believe he was with DSJ I believe in the backcourt I think or maybe it was even before Dennis Smith I don't know let me look it up uh Dallas Mavericks 2017 to 2018 signed a 10-day contract 19 points and went over the Cavs yep that was the year then because yeah he came in he became just the third undrafted rookie to in, in NBA history to have a 30 point game within his first 15 games yeah that's what it was he, he had a 30 ball and he shot 40 percent from three for Dallas when he was there because he played two nine games. three pointers on 11 attempts oh my that, god that's what I'm saying like like you know everybody in the NBA is a hooper man like ever if you got to the NBA you can hoop you are one of the best in the world at what you do you know you're like the top like I'll say 1,000 people in the world at what you do, which sounds like, like oh, 1,000, you know, that's a lot of people. But there's 7 billion people on this earth, and you're in the top 1,000 at what you do. That's pretty crazy. You know what I'm saying? Um, you're a hooper if you're in the league, if you're in any league, you know. Um, but, you know, also if you're a coach and if you're a player on the other team, you're really good at what you do too, and you're going to start to find those those weaknesses and those spots that players aren't good in, and that's why it's important to work on your weaknesses. And like I said, being Oklahoma City, you have time to do that. You're not pushed into a role and be like, here, you got you have to do this right now. Um, yeah. You know, you can't work on anything else. You have to do this right now. Um, and, and, a, and a thing that comes to mind for me is like, if he would have got drafted to a team like Golden State or Milwaukee – you know, a team that needs comp, uh, not competition. They need, they're, they're striving for contention, you know, um, and Golden State, they're really good at developing players. None of this has anything, like what I'm saying has nothing to do with um, if whether they can develop a player. I'm just simply saying he didn't go somewhere where he is plugged in immediately and has no time to work on facets of his game, like other than, 
you know, showing up to practice, practicing playing in the system and all that good stuff. He can develop. Obviously, you have time to practice at practice, but like developing in games as well is a huge factor. Like, you know, OKC, he's going to get a lot of opportunities he wouldn't get somewhere else, like in a contender that I was talking about. And he gets to work on every facet of his game comfortably, in-game and out-of-game. Yeah, the way I was kind of thinking of it, I was going to try to find an example from this year's draft. At 21, the Nuggets drafted Christian Braun. The Nuggets are in a situation where you have Jokic, MPJ's coming back, Jamal Murray's coming back. They need Christian Braun to be an elite shooter right now. Yeah. That, that, exactly. That's exactly what they need. They need elite shooting, and they need solid defense. And pressure That's exactly comes with what that they too. need from him. Pressure comes yep. with that as well. And there's not as much pressure on these guys in OKC. Like I said, they're lottery picks, and there's pressure with that. But in terms of being a winning organization this coming season, there's not that pressure from the organization, from the coaches, and from the fans, most importantly, because I feel like that's where most of the pressure comes from, honestly, is the fans and social media. Yeah. But there's not that. Like, Oklahoma City fans as well are so understanding. Like, I really don't go on Twitter and see people like, I need this guy to do this or I'm giving up on him. I really don't see that. And if I do, it's very rarely. Yeah, I mean, Oklahoma City fans understand that there is... (laughs) Not to say this, but they understand that there is a process in place. There is a process. And all these guys are not drafted. These guys are not drafted because of where they are right now. Exactly. If we wanted wanted a player of J-Dub's caliber, which one? J-Dub is the 12th pick out of Santa Clara. Okay. If we wanted somebody of J-Dub's, if we wanted somebody that could do what he does right now, we would sign Yogi Ferrell maybe. (laughs) <laughs> not saying that he's not better than Yogi Ferrell, but if you look at them on paper, they're the same, right? If you look at those two players on paper, they are the same kind of player. Well, my biggest difference... But you take... Go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, I was just going to say, you take Jalen Williams over him because Jalen Williams is just gobs and gobs of potential at the NBA level. Yeah. He's athletic, he can shoot, he can create, he can... Yogi Ferrell can do this stuff too, but he's... I don't know. He's Yogi Ferrell. I would low-key, like, not not even low-key, high-key take J-Dub J right now over Yogi Ferrell anyways. Because yep. he, he like, I feel like J-Dub J would defend way better right now. Like, Yogi Ferrell's six foot, 178 pounds. He ain't that on the defensive end of the floor. <laughs> yeah. So, that's my thing. But... I definitely get what you're saying. Like we're we're taking people based on where they can end up, not where they are currently. Definitely yeah, and that, that takes time, and that takes effort, and that takes games and games and games and practices and practices and practices. That yep. takes a long it takes time. Takes work, man. It takes work. That's for sure. Not everybody, not everybody that is going to be a superstar in the league comes into the league a superstar. That's that's right. just Big Giannis. Facts. <laughs> Big facts. No better comparison right there. Giannis, Joel Embiid was hurt for a long time before yep. he even got in the league. Even Nikola Jokic. Jokic. Yeah. yeah. Um, Nikola Jokic, three of the top, Steph Curry. Yeah. I mean, Harden. Harden. Jalen Brown. Harden was a six man for James a while. Harden. A lot. Russell Westbrook. I, I mean, mean, what? 
Steve Nash, Kyle. I mean, Kyle Lowry's not on the level of most of these guys, but Shea Gilgis Alexander. Yeah, that's what I, I mean, was thinking too. <laughs> Kyle Lowry was a late bloomer. Steve Nash was a late bloomer. Um, there's just so many guys that that aren't there when they get in, you know. And there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, it takes time. Facts. And that's what that's why they're in Oklahoma City. That's why so many guys love to be in Oklahoma facts, City. Facts, facts. Do you think somebody like Darius Baisley, if Darius Baisley was in Philadelphia, do oh. you think he would? I would <laughs> like he legit. When he, may, I, I don't, I don't know. He may, and like this is not saying Bays is a bad player because he's a really good player, but. Like Philly fans are harsh, and they they were competing when this man. Wait, were they? I think they were about to enter co- competition phase when Bays was drafted, right? Because he was drafted eighteen nineteen. Twenty nineteen, yeah, twenty eighteen, twenty nineteen. They were, and and like the following season, nineteen twenty, was was that when they had Jimmy Jimmy buckets? Was that the year they traded for him? Maybe. Uh, were the seventy sixers in the bubble? They were definitely. They were definitely in the rookies. bubble. They were definitely Golden in the bubble. Golden Blaze was his rookie season. They were definitely in the bubble. Uh, I think I think they let's lost. Let's do some research to, real quick. Um, I think they lost to the Heat or the Bucks, one of the two. Let's do some research. I got you. I'm here. I got it. I got it. I got it. Um, 1920, Sixth in the 1920, 1920, 1920 season. Here we are. They did make the playoffs. 1920, where is it? Brett Brown was their head coach. Oh, Lord. Okay, they had Tobias Harris. They had. Oh, they got swept by the Celtics. Oh, okay. Yep. Yep, 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 yep. Oh, yeah, Ben Simmons was injured. I remember this. He was injured, right? Oh, yeah, he was. He was injured. They got swept by the Celtics, and it was like, we'll be back next season. Yes. So, but where we were going with that, um, you know, they're harsh fans, and they they needed they needed production immediately. Like, you know, players get put in a bad position, and and like that can ruin their career, and it not even be fully on them. Like, obviously, they may not perform, but they also may have needed time. And like, there's yeah. nothing wrong with that, and it can be it can happen. You know, a player gets put in the wrong position, and 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 there there you are. You know, I'm trying to think of a good example of a player that you know underperformed and then was traded and thrived. Lonzo Ball, yes, literally, literally perfect. Russell. Literally, Lonzo Ball is perfect. That is the perfect example. That is amazing. Thank you. Literally, yeah, just... the spotlight was on him in L.A. His dad talked him up, and he underperformed. He got traded to New Orleans, and he, he improved every single year. He's in Chicago. He's improved every single year since he came into the league. You can basically say any of those guys that were in L.A. D'Angelo yeah. Russell did the exact same thing. Lonzo Ball, yeah. Brandon Ingram, Julius Randle. Yeah. Uh, Julius Randle's a good one, too. I forget about Randle. I really do. He was drafted before I started watching basketball. I like Randall. Oh, he was drafted before I started watching basketball too. But <laughs> yeah, when you when you start watching ball, uh, I started watching ball the year after KD left. Oh, okay. So Russ's MVP year. Yeah, Russ's so, MVP see, year was the I, first year I really watched. I started I was watching like an off Thunder fan. I started watching the conference finals before he left. We were up three uh, one. I started rooting for the Thunder. We lost. I stayed with them. Russ's MVP year was my first full season, and it went from there. So, yep, they got better, they got better, they got worse, they got worse. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Oh man, how it goes around here. Hey, I love me though. the tank. Oh, hey, that you don't team. Understand. If the Thunder, if the Thunder would have kept Russ after they traded Paul George, that team. <laughs> I'm telling you, bro. It would have been pretty crazy, but Chris Paul may have a lot to do with what we did, though. Bro, Russell Westbrook, Shea Gilgis Alexander, Lou Dort, Danilo Gallinari, and Steven Adams. I know, but like, come on, bro. No, I know. I'm not saying they wouldn't have been good or better, but like. It's just hard because, like, dude, I don't know, I don't know how much Shea gets to flourish on that team. Like, Chris Paul's much more deferring than Russell Westbrook. Yeah. Like, I feel like Russ would have went back into thirty ten and ten mode, and Shea just kind of would have been an Oladipo. And that's a that's another Maybe. example of what we're talking about. Oladipo went to Oklahoma City, and obviously he had a he had a good year. Like, I think it was like sixteen PPG. And like that's no that's not bad, but he was like he was supposed to be our second guy. And um you yep, know, spotlight was pretty high. And yeah, and, and the spotlight the spotlight was pretty high. We literally had MVP Russell Westbrook and Russ I mean, he gives a lot of credit to Russ for his next season, but I mean he went to Indiana, got his own team, he flourished. Um Boom. Yeah. But anyways, um like Oladipo was a little bit limited because of how much Russ had the ball. And I feel like it kind of would have been... But but see, Russ was more deferring to PG. He let PG be an MVP candidate. So I can't say that for sure. Bradley Beal, 30 points a game. James Harden, 32 points a game with him, you know? So, I don't know. That's interesting. I never thought of it that way. Shea still would have been him. Shea still would have been him. Shay's gonna be him no matter what. Yeah, that's facts. That's facts. Shay is him. That's just the truth. Yeah, but we got that. I uh... feel like. Go ahead. I feel like the way that some people are. Uh... I feel like it's partly Sam Presti. Definitely, Mark is a great head coach. He was the G League head coach. Mark yep. is all about putting people in positions and knowing what people are and letting them be good for what they are while not being too harsh. I mean, he's the G League head coach. He's all about developing players. Yeah. That's what he does. And, I mean, he's perfect for the NBA level, especially for a team like the Thunder. Yep. I'm not saying that we're going to – Mark Diagonal Mark Dagnall is going to lead us to the promised land or anything like that because we could very well get out of the rebuilding phase and Mark Dagnall is another Billy Donovan. I think but, Mark Dagnott is our coach, man. I think he is. He is a very good head coach. I think he has a good defensive scheme. That's what I'm but saying. But he struggles sometimes on the offensive end. You also have to remember the, the tools he's had to work with, though. I think this season, like, he has a lot more tools to work with and a lot more. Um, I've used this freaking analogy like three times already, but. A lot of the blades are going to be sharper this year for the players on the offensive end. Like Josh Giddy, I've already seen. I've seen. I mean, obviously he's working on his jump shot. I've seen clips of it. Like I said, Lou Dort's going to get a lot more open looks. Um, Trey Mann's had a season to get that work in, and um, we drafted. Yeah. Like I mean, Jalen Williams, he shot forty six percent off the catch in college. I don't know if you knew that forty six percent from three off the catch in college. That is insane. That's yes. higher than AJ Griffin. Look 30, at that. 39.6% overall off, off though. So. Yeah, that's still pretty good. Oh, yeah, that's really, I mean, that's still 40. Yeah, um, and 30 is elite. 
Oh, yeah. 40 is elite. Okay. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. 40 has always been the benchmark for me of he's a really, really, really good shooter. You can't leave him open. Jeremy Grant shot 39% in the last, yep. or was it 38% the last I, year he was, was in Oklahoma between City? Between 37 now, and imagine, 39. Imagine that was Danilo Gallinari. Wow. Come on. He, he's shooting like 42, 43, yeah. something crazy. The defense isn't near as there, though, as J.J. Oh, did. no, absolutely not. And also the finishing on the inside. He was a very, very good dump-off guy for Russ. So good. That, very electric. Yes. He could, he could throw it down. Never, ever forget when he called us a sinking ship, though. That hurt my feelings. He was right. But it's still very. <laughs> hey, we he was, actually. He was absolutely right. Let's be fair here. We went as far as Denver did. No, they went to the second round. We we took them to we took uh, Houston to seven. Denver was in the conference finals. You're right. They were. Were they? Yeah, that Jamal that Jamal Murray layup. Oof. Yeah, they played the Lakers. Oh yeah. The Lakers played the Trailblazers, then the Rockets, yep. then the Nuggets. I remember that. Yeah, that's an underrated run, honestly. But um, we I, yeah, they came back from down three one twice. I don't think a sinking ship's pushing two former MVPs to seven games. Just saying. But after and that, the ship did sink. Then, <laughs> Somebody just dropped a tank on top of our nice, pretty little sailboat. They just dropped a tank right on top of it. Just oh, you know, they dropped the, a real tank. Get the like the whistling sound effect out of the out of the cartoons, like you know, of it falling out of the sky, just right, on, yeah. And then it just we sunk, we sunk. Oh man, <laughs> yeah, we suck. We're not gonna suck for much longer, right? Exactly, not, not yes. too much longer. If we, we didn't, if we don't, if we didn't, year. if we didn't sit players this year, we we're playing team, like we're in playing contention. I think this year we're really we're. I think we'll be a play-in team this year. And then next year, I think it's really going to go crazy. I, I, I legit think we're going to sit people again. I don't know if we sit, like, Chet. We'll probably sit Chet and Giddy and Shay and all them. But, like, the later lottery guys and Jay Will, I think they play. I don't think they're getting sat. Yeah. I think I think they're going to keep on playing the lower draft picks. Like Trey yeah. Mann and JRE and Wiggins yeah, 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 yeah. and then J-Dub, Jay Will. Unless. Uh, what's his face? Ushman. Um, Usman Usman. I really hope towards the end, especially like experimental minutes wise, we see Usman at the one, which I, I, I think he'll definitely take it down the floor a few times here and there. But like, I want like him to get in the game at the, at the point guard and take it down and run multiple sets concurring concurrently, like running the back to back to back, like setting everything up. I want to see it. Yeah, I could definitely, I want to see everybody get a shot. That's what I want yes, to see. I want too. to see everybody. I want every single – I want to – some people don't really agree with me on this one, but I want to see every – we're going to use Darius Baisley's example again. Can Darius Baisley run an offense? I'm not going to just say no. I'm going to let him run the offense and find it. Yeah, for sure. it's experimental time for a reason. You want to try everything. I agree. I yeah. mean, like, you know – um, I don't think we're going to see Mike Muscala taking the ball down the floor four or five times in a row. But Okay, well, that's because Mike Muscala is <laughs> a cheat code. Mike Muscala is what Mike Muscala is. Well, you see, the thing is, is if we ran Mike Muscala at the one, we couldn't tank. So, sorry. That's true. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> I love you, Mike. We love you, Mike. 
you are an OKC. You you are an OKC legend in my mind. Like seriously, man, you fit the culture. You love it here. We love you, man. Give it like four more years, and you'll be Nick Collison. Legit, like I want you to get a chip so bad, but I also want you to stay in OKC. I'm torn. So oh, he'll get a chip here. Oh yeah, that's facts. That is that is facts. That is facts. Yeah, just stick around a little bit longer, Mike. I agree. Just a little bit. Stay, and you will win a chip. All right. Oklahoma City, they got the talk. Oklahoma City got the talk. I want to talk about today's news. John Wall. Yes. The question I have for you, did you ever really watch John Wall, like, whenever he was really good? A little bit. Not a lot, though. Like I said, I started watching ball. Um, my first full season was 16-17. That, that was a really good year for him, but besides that, I didn't get – I mean, like, after that, the decline slowly started to happen where he was getting hurt. Oh, he got hurt a lot. Yeah. What what level do you think John Wall returns at? He's definitely a starter. He's an above. He's way. I mean, he's an above average starter. No, I mean not off rip. I don't think he's definitely got to shake some rust off. But, um, in terms of the general eye of the public, I put a poll out on Twitter. It got fifty three votes. Are the Clippers a top three Western Conference team when healthy? Eighty-one percent say yes, out of fifty-three people, which isn't like a thousand people, but that's quite a, that's quite a few. That's enough. Yeah, the Clippers that, are really good. I agree. They're really good. If you remember, if you watched Sam Presti's exit interview, it was like two hours long. Um, I don't think I got to watch the whole thing, but there was a part in there where he said the Clippers have the best roster in basketball when healthy. He did say that in the exit interview this year. Yeah, the Clippers are really here. Let's let's roll off the Clippers roster here. You got Paul George, you got Kawhi Leonard, Reggie Jackson. Then those are like your primary guys, and then you have your shooters. You've got Luke Kennard, you've got Nick Batum. I think oh, I forgot about Norman Powell. They've got oh, Powell, I did too. Robert That's Powell. crazy. Norman Powell and Robert Covington coming over from Portland. They need to get Batum I mean, you, back. They need to get Batum back. That is true. They need to retain retain Batum, keep that core together, and just run it this year. Dude, if they can stay – like literally, bro, Paul George alone after the ACL tear brought him to the Western Conference Finals. They they took uh, Phoenix to six, didn't they? Without uh, – It was either – because I know he, he, had a play, he had a playoff P game, like 40 points, I remember. Oh, playoff P is a bad thing. You can't say – Y'all ain't met playoff P yet. I'll never forget him saying y'all ain't met playoff P yet and then proceeding to stink the rest of the series. <laughs> y'all ain't met playoff P. Yeah. Way off P. <laughs> All right. I'm going to read you off the series. Here we go. Hold on. Um, play by play, shooting, advanced blah, 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 totals per game. I remember being at my grandma's house during the play in tournament. And just praying that the Clippers would lose. <laughs> I wanted the Clippers in the lottery so bad, and oh, they yeah, did. And too. then now we have Jalen Williams, I'm the so first Jalen Williams. J-Dub. J-Dub. J-Dub, baby. I'm sorry, I'm trying. Fun fact, Yogi Ferrell was on this roster at one point in 2021. Oh, my goodness. 2020 to 2021 Clippers team. He was on the roster. <laughs> So, you you have to be kidding me. No, I'm not. He was on the roster. Every, they, yeah, they, they lost in six to Phoenix. 
Paul George had a game where he went for 41, and they won by 15. Yeah, 41. It was game five. I remember when he broke Chris Paul's ankle so bad he did the duck. And then Chris Paul had 41 in game six. Not heard anybody Wait. talk. Not heard anybody talk about that one. Had to had to had to throw that out there. Oh my god, forty one. Yeah. John Wall is the all time leader in block shots among players under six foot three. I forgot about that. He is crazy at that. Paul George was fifteen of twenty in this game. Mm. Gosh, I just had to throw that out there. But anyways, um, that was I, ridiculous. I know, dude. That man, he he's literally he's a bucket. Like he he gets he just gets buckets, man, and he clamps too. But um, yeah, I think John Wall, especially like you just said, with blocks like defensively helps them a lot at the guard position. They've got Terrence Mann to defend. They've got John Wall to defend. Um, they got PG and uh, Kawhi on the wings. They got Batum and Covington on the wings. They're just so good defensively and extremely versatile as well and switchable on pick and rolls. Yeah, I think the Clippers are really long. They can shoot. They can play great defense. I yep. mean, there's just no and I think I think they're both like I think PG and Kawhi are extremely motivated. Going back to the Phoenix series um, season before this one, like I just said, I think it was very sour Kawhi going down, and I think everybody wrote them off um, to even beat Utah. That's who they were playing when he tore his ACL, right, was Utah. And PG took them through. He ran them right through Utah. Let's see here. Let's see here. Um, Yeah, they beat Dallas in seven, and they beat Utah in six. So they he tore his ACL playing Utah, I think, and everyone wrote them, wrote them off, I believe. And this man, PG... Took them to the conference finals, the eventual um, finals runner-ups to six games, and I th- I think they're going to be extremely motivated. And now signing John Wall, PG already posted on his story a picture of like them two dancing when John Wall was a rookie. Paul George was a rookie that year too. Um, yeah, I believe same draft. I think so. Two thousand ten. I think PG was either pick ten or pick fifteen, and John Wall was number one. I got you right here. Hold up. Um, 2010 NBA Draft. Number one, John Wall. Number 10, Paul George. Yes. Oh, uh, look at that? Yep. Um, but he posted a picture. They're old. Yeah. He posted a picture of them with the eyeball emoji. I mean, obviously excited, and I think Kawhi will be excited too. And I, I'm excited to watch the Clippers, man, because I think we have a pick swap 2023 for them? Uh, I don't know. I just want the Clippers to suck for as long as possible. Well, see, here's the thing. Because we have the pick. I know, but I don't think it matters next year because I think we have a pick swap. So, like, we'll be worse, obviously. So, let me... Yeah, that's okay. Yeah, hold on. Let me let me look and make sure. And we traded a bunch of 2023 first for Jank. Yeah, but we, we, we wouldn't have got one or two of those anyways. Um, yeah. Probably wouldn't have got most. Pistons won't com- Pistons won't convey. It's like top sixteen or eighteen. Wizards is top. Oh, four. Yeah. Wizards is top fourteen. Unless they and w- unless they outperform, I don't think they're they're uh, making the playoffs. Yeah, we and then Denver is top fourteen. That one will convey. Unless maybe I could you know yeah. So we weren't the best pick. We were going to get out of that was like number fifteen. Exactly. Yeah, that that was that was a good trade. Good job, exactly. Preston. That's what I'm saying. Wonder, wonderful e- job. Exactly, that's what I'm saying. 
I'm going to see our picks right now on this website so I can tell you for sure, but I'm pretty sure that we have a pick swap for that year. History, draft history, you know, tickets, form. Okay, let me let me just type in OKC Thunder. All draft picks with protections. Okay. Where is it? 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 Uh, basket here it is. Okay. 2023, we have... Oh, nope, that's not ours. Hold on. Oklahoma City Thunder. Here we go. Yeah, it's a swap. Uh, Oklahoma City has the right to swap its first-round pick for the Clippers, which we probably won't do considering ours is going to be better than theirs. So, I would hope so, yes. Yeah. Or, ooh, I don't know. Well, the Clippers are going to be good. So that's what I'm saying. So Clippers, we, we, that would mean we were really good. No, but that's the thing. We have the right to swap. Like, we don't have to, I don't think. Yeah. So we can keep our pick, and we don't have to take theirs. So, yeah. Sounds good to me. I agree. Um, yeah, I really like. I really like how uh, teams are just nose diving into being competitive. Oh yeah, like the the Rockets just own the Nets' entire future. We Literally. own the Clippers' entire future. Literally, there's man. no teams are just taking massive risks, and I think it's good for. Uh, I think it's good for the league, honestly. When teams do us. massive things, take <laughs> of course. I don't know about the when rest teams of the, take those massive teams you said, risks. but it's good for us. Well, yeah, it doesn't work out sometimes, yeah. especially for the Nets. It yeah, exactly. Really... Well, I guess KD and Kyrie are back now. Since Kyrie opted in, he's not oh, going to yeah. be the That's true. Kyrie. I don't know how much they're going to do, but. So they've got Ben Simmons, Kyrie, KD, Seth Curry, Andre Drummond. I also don't mean to burst anybody's bubble, but let's also remember what happened the last time he said he was staying somewhere. Yeah. I don't don't mean to be that guy, but... um, He left. I plan on re-signing here if y'all would like to have me. And then bro dipped. (laughs) So... uh, Yeah, he got right up out of there. Yeah. But... Hopefully he, you know, stays this time. I would like to see a, a full healthy year of both of them. Hope you Kyrie know. is such a good player. He just can't, for one reason or another, he never yeah. seems to be able to. I hope that he does stay on the floor this year. It'd be so fun to watch him, especially with the shooting they have, and they got a solid big and Drummond and Claxton. They got solid bigs. I think it'll be nice to. It'll be fun to watch two of the most skilled players in the league on the same floor at the same time on the same team. It's hard to guard. Very hard to guard. Unless you're the They'll Celtics still probably and you're lose, just, but... you know, freaking clamp down on Kevin Durant like it's nothing. Yeah, the Nets are still going to lose a lot. but Yeah, they probably will, but Whatever. maybe not. Yeah, I don't think they're that good. They're not built deep enough, especially they... after that trade. Imagine the Nets still had Jared Allen right now. Oof. I mean, come on. Man. They wow. ne- Imagine they never got James Harden. Which would mean they never got Ben Simmons or Seth Curry. But imagine I they, they still had, had... Ben Simmons. I literally forgot. <laughs> like now, imagine the Nets right now have what? What all did they trade? Jared Allen, Karis LeVert. They traded uh, a bunch of picks. They traded DeAngelo, like six picks. but that was for KD, so that doesn't count. Obviously, they still have KD. Yeah. They traded Dinwiddie, didn't they? Or did he walk? I think he walked. 
Dinwiddie walked and signed with Washington, I yeah. believe. Or, yeah. Was and then he got traded to Dallas. I feel like there was a spot in between for Dinwiddie. I'm probably wrong. Do you remember that whole thing he did where, like, if this donates this much money, I'll let y'all pick where I play next year? Do you remember that? I don't. I remember him getting his entire contract in, like, Bitcoin. Yes, it was, I think, hold on. That's what I remember. So Okay, no, you're Brooklyn. right. You're right. It was from Brooklyn to Washington. That's where he went. 1920, Spencer Dinwiddie averaged 20.8 points a game on exactly on what 30% from three and 41%. Okay, that's not that good. Yeah, but um, people tell you Reggie Jackson hooped and he shot 39% from the field this year, so oh my lord, yeah, no, no one talks Holy about that. Crap. No one talks about that. There's like, yeah, dude, Reggie Jackson, he's elite, dude, 17 points on 39%. This year, and I, I have no disrespect to Reggie Jackson. I'm just saying that's a Wait, extremely low field, keep, field goal percentage. Keep that stat line in mind for a second here. Okay. Russell Westbrook had 18 and a half points on 44 percent from the field, and people act like he is freaking the worst player on the planet. Okay, obviously he's not that good anymore compared to what he used to be, but he does not. He is not some scrub. Okay. Russell Westbrook is not some scrub. This man averaged a triple-double two seasons ago. Okay. Yeah, two seasons ago. And he, he's this year on the Lakers with with Austin Reeves, Stanley Johnson, and Malik Monk averaged 18.5 points, seven rebounds, seven assists. You're pretty good when a down percent. season is considered 18-7-7. Seven, seven. I mean, he's not even that bad. That's my point. <laughs> At his worst, he's not even like as bad as people are saying. Played 78 games. I mean. <laughs> yeah, I know. I don't get it. I don't either. I don't get it. Um, I've never got it, honestly. Honestly, I think we can leave it at that, man. Um, can we? What time is it? 45 it minutes. Is 12, it is 1230. Oh, my goodness. 45 minutes um, and leave it on the Stop the Russell Westbrook slander. Skip yep. Bayless, Stop don't say nothing you wouldn't say to his face. And I know for a fact oh, you wouldn't that say dude, that to his face. That guy in the comment section of every Skip Bayless. Dude, like, that is so, I've seen that. Like he out, impersonates I it. it. Oh my gosh, dude. <laughs> I love it so much. It is the best thing. I've seen it. Oh, man. Oh. That is my favorite. Skip. He jumps up in the chair. He's yeah. like... Well, Russell Westbrook... And he does, like, the hand really... motions. <laughs> oh, it's so funny. Shout out that guy. Yes. That is... I love that guy. I do, too, very much. Um, But, yeah. All right, so is that it? I think so. Um, I want to say one thing about Skip. You're saying that you would say this to his face. Of course you're going to say it to his face on national television because why would Russell Westbrook do anything to you on national television? And why I mean, why would Russell Westbrook waste his time committing a like, you know, assuming when people say say it to my face, they're implying a physical altercation. Why would Russell Westbrook do that to himself? Yeah. Russell <laughs> Westbrook's got kids, bro. He's exactly. Kids. He has, he's a role model. He's not going to freaking go beats up some old man that called him Westbrook. 
He has better <laughs> things to do. Obviously, he did reply to the tweet, but I like that. I'm glad that he stood up for himself and stood up for the name because it's getting ridiculous, as Boogie Cousins once said. It's getting ridiculous out here, man. I'd let Russell Westbrook beat me up. <laughs> That's just the truth. I mean, if I get to go out to dinner with him after, I'd t- I, 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 I would let him beat me up. Take me out to dinner first. Oh, my God. <laughs> no, but um, my my whole thing in saying that is um, Russell Westbrook is not going to fight somebody because he's better than that. Um, why would he do Unless that? Unless it's Isaiah Stewart. Yeah. Unless he's beating up his teammate. You know, unless it's a self-defense. Beef stew. Yes, beef stew. <laughs> Which Andrew did not know that was his nickname until I said that. Beef stew. Beef stew. Yes. That is ridiculous. Yes. And we're going to leave it at beef stew. We're going to leave it at that. This is a good beef episode stew. filled with a lot of watch OKC Watch my TikTok. Talk. Yes, watch the, um, watch the um, 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 Spark Plug Pod TikTok. SGA at breakdown. the Spark Plug Pod. Stuff um, pretty much every week coming out on there. Fire breakdowns every week from Andrew. Check him out on Twitter at Thunder Random. Check out uh, Trey at OKC Flow on Twitter. He was not be able he was not able to be here today. I'm Gilgis Max on Twitter, Max Gilgis on YouTube. Um, if any of you guys are coming from the YouTube, thanks so much for the support and thanks for listening as well to the podcast. Um, the support is appreciated on both platforms. Um, we appreciate each and every one of you guys. And um, yeah, any other words, Andrew? Uh Thunder out. I agree. Thunder up. God bless you guys. And until we see you next time, peace out. Peace. Peace.